I just got like kind of really fired up all of a sudden. Um, so we, we have been in this series called Forever Changed. And I, I have to, I, I'm going to tell you a couple of things here. And it may not all make sense, but hopefully it'll come together in the end, okay? So when I think about Forever Changed, one of the things that I think about is how I was before I was a Christian and some of the things that I thought, and then some of the things that I have come to learn now that I am a Christian and have studied God's Word, and the Holy Spirit has begun to shape me and mold me and help me to understand more about how, who God is as He has revealed Himself in His Word. It's so important. It is so important that we continue to focus on the truth of God's Word. Uh, you can be deceived. You can be tricked. You can be turned upside down if you are not fully engaged in what God has to say to us. Um, I, I believe that preaching is an important part of that. I believe that personal Bible study is a, a very important part of that. We have to, we have to be so uh, rich in the Word of God that we cannot be shaken from that. Um, you can be tricked into believing something that is not true because some guy on the television will tell you something and pretend that he knows more about the Bible than you do, but you can be fooled and deceived by somebody who, who pretends to know Truth, if you don't know truth yourself, you have to be able to discern what is truth, and you cannot do that if you do not know the Word of God yourself. This has happened to me personally. I have experienced this. I, I, what I used to think about faith before I became a Christian, before I really began to dig in and understand God's Word, was so jacked up. You know, I really believed that, you know what, if you just had enough faith, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, right? And I really thought that, that, that like it was just that simple. If I just believed something hard enough, if I really just had enough faith, then that's what would make it happen. Well, I want you to know that it's not exactly, exactly that simple, okay? It, it, there's more to it than that. And you wouldn't know that unless you read God's Word and you read it for what it says and you understood it. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about faith. Now, one of the things that I was told is by a friend of mine. Um, he was told... He, he was born with cerebral palsy, and he never did walk right, and eventually he was confined to a wheelchair. Uh, some of you guys know Michael, uh, and, and Michael was confined to a wheelchair, and he told me. I, I was having a conversation with, with Michael. I, I had many conversations with him one-on-one -on -one, you know, in the quiet times when nobody else was around. Me and him, we just had a lot of conversations and he told me, he said, Kenny, I, I used to go to a church, and what they told me was, if I had enough faith, then I could get up and I could walk. If I just had enough faith, if I just believed enough, then I could get up out of this wheelchair, or I could, I could throw these crutches down, and I could just walk like anybody else. He said, man, I had people praying over me. I was praying. I was believing as hard as I could. We were dousing me in oil and all kinds of stuff, just believing that I was going to walk. And we just believed and we believed. He said, it never happened. He said, it never happened. I, I don't know. He said, maybe I didn't have enough faith. Well, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. We did a cardboard testimony. And, and Michael got up there. And his car, the cardboard testimony is this. It's basically saying, this is the way I used to be. This is the way I am now. And this, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something to this effect, that, that on the front of his card it said, I have been confined to this wheelchair since birth because of cerebral palsy. And when he flipped his card around, you know what it said on the other side? One day I will walk on streets of gold. 
Now that is faith. That's faith. Not just believing that he's going to get up and get out of that chair and walk around in this world. It's the fact that God has promised that one day he will walk on streets of gold if he truly believes that God is who he says he is. If he truly believes that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that he died for him. If he truly believes that, then he will walk on streets of gold. That's faith. That is faith. There's a lot of people that will try to convince you of something else. Faith is this. Faith is taking God at his word and believing what he says to be true. Now, people will take all kinds of scripture and twist it and say, well, God promised us this and God promised us that. There's a thousand preachers on TV that will tell you that God promised that if you, if you believe, then you'll be wealthy. If you believe enough, then you'll be healthy. If you believe enough, things will go smoothly in your life. If you just have enough faith, well, that's a crock. And not only is it a crock, it's stupid. You have to understand what God's word really says and, and, and stop listening to what somebody else says and study it for yourself and really dig in and see what God really says. I think a lot of people are missing that. That's why a lot of people are misled in their faith. I believe that they're not looking for themselves. I believe they're not studying for themselves. I believe they're not taking God's word and digging into it and saying, what does it really say? Stop taking the surface and actually dig in. Like an iceberg, you know, you only see a little tip at the surface. It doesn't look like much, right? The Titanic would beg to differ. There's a lot underneath the surface, you know. There's a lot there. Dig. Find the richness there. And I believe that Jesus... As we talk about forever changed, I believe that his disciples were forever changed because <laughs> he looked at them. This is what he says. Shortly after Jesus has given them the power to cast out demons and to heal people, he says, I cannot stand to be with you guys any longer. How long must I stand to be around you, you with your little faith? This is after, after he has been transfigured. And they, the, basically, the three, three of his disciples get to see Jesus in heaven. And he comes back down, and, and we're going to read about it tonight. And he says, how long have I got to stay with you idiots? That's what he says. I mean, I, 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 you know, I could sugarcoat it and make it sound like he said something else, but that's what he said. I, you, you got so little faith. When are you going to understand? When are you going to get it? So don't feel bad if you don't get it because his disciples were walking around with him, saw him in heaven, and they still didn't get it. But we have to have a desire to get it. Real faith is what I'm talking about. Really believing what God has said and believing that that will be true. But you got to know what he said first before you can believe it to be true. Am I right? So let's look at what he said. Tonight we're going to be looking in, uh, in Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, the transfiguration has just happened. And Jesus comes down. He had took uh, Peter, James, and John up with him to the Mount of Transfiguration. And they'd actually gotten to see him in the presence of uh, Moses and Elijah. And, and there's like, you know what, we'll just build some altars here and it'll be awesome. We'll just stay here and we'll worship We'll worship Jesus right here. But um, that didn't happen. 
there was still work to be done, so they come back down, right? They come back down from the mountain. This is what it says on, in Luke chapter 9, beginning of verse 30, 37. It says, the next day, after they had come down from the mountain, the large crowd met Jesus. A man in the crowd called out to him, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, my only child. An evil spirit keeps seizing him, making him scream. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams from the mouth. It batters him and hardly ever leaves him alone. I begged your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they could not do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Now, I'm going to flash back for just a second at the beginning of chapter 9. And this is what Jesus says in the very first verse of chapter 9. It says, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them the power and the authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Well, here, they're not able to cast out demons. What's the problem? Jesus says, you've got the power and the authority to cast out demons, and here they can't do it. He says, I brought my son to your disciples, and they couldn't do it. What's going on here? If God is who he says he is, and God has said, you have the power to cast out demons all demons, not just some demons, all demons. And here this man takes his son to the disciples and they cannot cast out this demon. What is going on? Why are they weakened? What is not right? Jesus answers that question in verse 41. He says, Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you and put up with you? Then he said to the man, bring your son here. What's the problem? What's the problem? Faithless. Faithless. You know what I believe happened here? Jesus says you have the power to cast out all demons. I believe this demon was harder to cast out than most. I believe they had to work a little harder. According to what the other gospel accounts say, they actually needed to pray about casting out this demon. And they... They were, they were not deep in prayer about casting out this demon, and that's one of the reasons they could not cast it out. But they were faithless. They saw it. They said, this is too hard. We're not going to be able to do this. And therefore, they were not able to cast out that demon. It was because they were lacking in their faith. They were lacking in the fact that they believed what God had said, and God had said that they had the power to cast out all demons. And they ran up against something that was a little harder than all the rest. And they said, oh, I don't think we can do this. And they started to doubt. Isn't, isn't that the motivation of Satan? Didn't we say that just recently? What he wants you to do is to doubt. To doubt that God is who he says he is. To doubt that he has the power to do what he says he's going to do. Doesn't, isn't that the way that he works in your mind and in your heart? Puts a little seed of doubt, right? That's what we call it, a little seed of doubt. Well, maybe... Maybe, just maybe, Christianity is for somebody else. It's not for me. Maybe I am saved or maybe I'm not saved, and you bounce back and forth between the two. Little seeds of doubt. Little seeds of wondering, I don't know. Maybe what God said is true, but I don't know. I don't really feel it. That's what we say, right? I don't really feel it. The reality is when God says it, it's true. And when you have faith, you believe that what God says is true. And here his disciples ran up against a little demon that was a little bit harder to cast out than the others. And what did they do? 
I don't know how Jesus failed us on this one. He said we had the power to cast out demons. What did he do wrong? He must have forgotten about this one. This one's a little harder than the others. Now, let's not forget that, that Jesus cast out a whole legion full of demons, right? But here, the disciples ran up against it, and they said, oh, man, it's just out of our caliber. It's out of our range. We can't do this. Isn't that what we say a lot of times? Oh, this, this, this is a little harder than all the other times. I've been through some struggles in my life, but you know what? I'm not going to make it through this one. This one's going to be too difficult. When you are forever changed by God, you are forever changed according to his word. When he says it to be true, you believe it to be true. And you can only be saved if you believe God to be who he says he is in this word. So if you believe God to be who he says in this word, then you have to believe fully. Not just partially, you have to believe fully that he is who he says he is. Once again, you cannot do that if you don't know what he says. If you don't know who he says he is, you cannot believe fully. That is why it is so important for us to understand who God says he is. There are people that will criticize me. Kenny, your, your sermons, they aren't practical enough for me. I need more practical advice. I need you to give me five points so I know how to live a better life, so I can have a better marriage, so I can have more money, so I can do... I need more practical advice, Kenny. No, what you need is more about understanding who God is according to his word. That's what you need. That's what you need. Then once, once, once biblical truth is, is first nature to you, once you understand God, who, who God really is according to his word, then you will, it will be no problem for you to discern when you encounter challenges in your life and how do I deal with this? You've got a solid biblical understanding that you can latch on to, and your first thought is, is, is understanding what God has said first, and then all the other stuff just kind of fades into the background. I want you to know that the thing that you need to know most is who God is and who he says he is in his word. It's not some sort of five steps. It's one step. You and him, one step. And that's what you need. That's, that's what causes you to have real faith. I don't want us to be a bunch of deceived people. I want us to be people that understand who God is. And the disciples struggled with that. If the disciples struggled with it, don't you think we're going to struggle with it too? I mean, they had seen him in heaven. They saw Jesus go up to heaven and be with Moses and Elijah. And they got to see the kingdom of God. And Peter was like, wow, let's build an altar right here and stay here. I like the kingdom of God. Let's stay in this. That's not God's plan. They come back down. And Jesus finds out that these disciples couldn't cast out this demon. Why? Because they were faithless. And Jesus goes, man, how long I got to put up with this? When are you really going to get it? When are you finally going to get it? When are you finally going to get it that what I say is true? That you don't need to have doubt. That you need to believe what I say. As the boy came forward, so the boy's coming to him. The demon knocked him to the ground and threw him into a violent convulsion. But Jesus rebuked, rebuked the evil spirit and healed the boy. And he gave him back to his father. 
awe gripped the people as they saw this majestic display of God's power. Now, this could have happened through the disciples. This could have, they could have seen God's majestic power through his disciples. Because Jesus had said, you have the power to cast out all demons. But because they lacked in faith, they were not able. Because they had doubt, they were not able. But what you have to understand is it's not just believing enough. It's not just believing hard enough. I can't just sit up here and say, God, I believe, I believe, I believe that there's going to be a Porsche sitting right here in front of me. I believe, I believe, I believe, you know. I can't just do that. It has to be God's will as he has revealed it to us. Now, if God's word says Kenny's going to have a Porsche, then, then I can do that. But, but that's not what it says. It says one day you'll have a kingdom in heaven. In my father's house, there is a place for you, and many rooms. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. I believe that. I believe that to be true. And the only way I'll ever get there is if I believe that to be true because God has declared it to be true and I believe it to be true. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. I had something cool happen today. (laughs) Joey Hutto was messing with me. I sent him a verse of scripture, didn't tell him what it was about or anything, didn't tell him, hey, this is a verse for tonight. I sent him a verse of scripture. So he sent me one back. He just typed something in. I want you to know what he wrote back. This is, this is <laughs> it's crazy, right? Y'all are going to be like, this is weird. This is what he wrote back. Just randomly picked some verses, and this is what, what he wrote back. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person, divided, a person with divided loyalty has an unsettled, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed in the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. That was the random verse he sent to me. It shook me to my core. Like I, was, I, I thought he just whipped that verse out just like that. I was like, man, that is good. I mean, he responded back immediately with that. And I was like, man. He said, I was just sending you a random verse back. That's what he sent back. I thought that was pretty strong. So, what am I here to tell you tonight? It's a short sermon, right? Short sermon. There's a lot of people that believe, but they don't really believe. You're missing out because you have doubt. You're missing out on the power of God as he has revealed himself through his word what he has revealed to be true, you're missing out on that because you have a seed of doubt. If you read Matthew's account of this particular passage, what he adds at the end is where Jesus looks at him and looks at his disciples because they come to Jesus and they ask. He said, why could we not cast out the demon? We don't get it. What does Jesus talk about? He talks about faith. You know what Jesus says? He says, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain from here to there. Now, if you think about what, what is he saying? Is he saying literally move a mountain from here to there? He's saying do things that you can't even imagine that you can do. If it's revealed that God's will is for this to happen, 
and you believe it to be true, you can do things that you cannot even imagine to be true. We, we use that metaphor all the time, the ability to move mountains, right? That just means like a huge task, an insurmountable task. Well, if God has revealed it to be true and you believe it to be true, with even just that much faith, the, the, the smallest seed, the mustard seed, with just that much faith, it's true, and it will happen. So for you, how does this apply to you? Well, maybe, um, maybe you've got an ailment. Maybe there's something going on physically with you, and you say, man, I just I didn't need more faith, and then I'll be healed. The healing that we get as Christians is an eternal healing. The healing that, that we get is one where, where God says, you know what you need? You need me, and you need me alone. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know what you need more of? A desire for the kingdom of God. Maybe you've got a relationship that's broken. Maybe you, there's somebody close to you, and you think maybe they hate your guts. Do you know what you need? You need more of Jesus. You need to take your eyes away from what you're focused on and fix them on the King of, God, uh, King of Kings, the, the Lord of Lords, the one true God. You need to fix your eyes on Him. And when you do that, the broken relationship, if, 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 you'll, if you'll fix your eyes there, the broken relationship will be mended because the other person, if they choose to do the same thing, if their faith is activated, then you too will be on both, you'll both be on the same path. That's how reconciliation happens. It's because you're both looking and focused on the same thing. And that's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But <laughs> you both have to believe it. You both have to believe it to be true. Maybe you've got a, a broken heart. Maybe you've got something that, that's happened. I don't know what may have broken your heart. Maybe it's a parent. Uh, maybe it's the loss of a loved one. I don't know. I don't know what may have broken your heart. There's only one thing that can mend that. And that's the one that put that heart inside of you. That's the one that knows your heart better than you know your heart. And you need him. And you need to focus on him. Say, God, no matter what your will is, I trust you. I, I trust that you've, you've taken out that heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. If you're not a Christian, the same thing applies. You have to believe that what he says is true. That he is living water. That, that, that he is the bread of life. You'll never find any satisfaction in anything else. It has to be in him. And if you have faith in that truth, in that reality, that's how you're saved. That's how you have security in the kingdom of God for all of eternity. Believing God is who he says he is. Believing it no matter what else anybody else says. And believing it fully. Not being divided.